Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1920. The topic is nutrition and the title is, Does Protein Timing Matter? Ooh. A client and fellow trainer sent me a video uh, from YouTube from Lane Norton and it was on the subject of pro- protein timing. I would suggest you check out the video if you're interested in this podcast at all, because <laughs> uh, it has really good content. Uh, the title of the video is titled, Is This Study the Death of Protein Timing? So again, that's Lane Norton, L-A-Y-N-E. The last name is N-O-R-T-O-N. And the title is, Is This Study the Death of Protein Timing? Now, that study uh, looked at the amount of protein given post-workout to individuals after their, like they had trained uh, resistance training, so heavy resistance training. It is important what type of training. <laughs> so heavy resistance training. And it was interesting in the sense that there have been many, many, many studies looking at uh, the amount of protein that our body can absorb uh, per meal. And it's generalized that the body can absorb between 25 to 40 grams of protein per meal and that that kind of maxes out uh, protein synthesis, meaning that's the, the most amount that our body can convert over to creating new muscle tissue uh, within a single meal. Now, with that in mind, many people then kind of took that recommendation and said, okay, well, if the body only can absorb well and, and utilize well 25 to 40 grams of protein, um, you know, if I want to get in 200 grams of protein, 250 grams of protein, I'm going to have to eat a lot of meals. So the recommendation started to be that you needed to eat more times per day if the amount of protein per meal could only be capped at 40 grams per meal. So this study wanted to look at, is that true? <laughs> you know, if we go over 40, is it true that anything above 40 is kind of a waste and therefore we do need more frequent timing of protein, or can we just ingest a crap load of protein at one time? Does our body actually use that? And then therefore the timing of protein doesn't matter. Meaning I can only eat, you know, I might only have to eat my protein once a day or twice a day, not multiple times a day. So the study specifically looked at the response to zero grams of protein. That's kind of like, you know, your, your base, your control. Uh, 25 grams of protein and 100 grams of protein. And they had them consume it post-workout. And then they checked to see what the protein synthesis rate, like how the body utilized the protein, the rate of that, how it changed between the groups uh, of 25 grams and 100 grams. So they found that the 100 gram of protein group produced significantly greater amount of protein synthesis, both both after consumption within like 60-ish hours after the workout, I mean 60 minutes, uh, within 60 minutes after the workout, but it was also still higher than the other group at 12 hours after the workout. So it was significantly higher post-workout and then still slightly higher at even 12 hours away from the workout. So that was helpful to know because it basically says that you can eat a lot of protein at one time and that that's okay. So there are a lot of really cool details 
about how these kind of studies are done that are covered in that video that I'm not going to cover. So I definitely suggest you check that video out. Um, when I did my master's in nutrition, we, we looked at these studies all the time. I actually have participated in these kind of studies. Uh, I was actually part of putting together training programs and executing training programs uh, for these kind of studies. So I've, uh, I love this kind of stuff and I have a lot of uh, fun experience with it. Now, the takeaway that we have from this study is that more is better. <laughs> the, if the 100 gram of protein had a better effect than 25 grams, well, then we want the 100 grams. So we want more protein if we want more protein synthesis. So it kind of kiboshed the idea that the body can really only absorb 40 at one time. What they were saying in this study is we put, into a, we put up to 100 in these people <laughs> uh, and uh, their body was able to utilize it and the protein synthesis was really high. Now, there's a lot of really detailed stuff in that study, uh, so check out the video and always read the study if you have the time. It's a good idea rather than just taking you know the person's word for it from the video. You might want to read the studies too. Uh, so when you look at the study, they gave um, dairy protein. So it's about 80% casein, 20% whey, meaning it's a slow digesting protein. So that would impact the utilization of the protein, meaning if it's slower to digest, therefore your body has a longer time to be able to use it. Versus if it was just straight 100 grams of whey, would they have had the same impact, say 12 hours later? Maybe they would have maxed out the protein synthesis immediately, but then within four hours, maybe it all dropped off and it was insignificant. But since they had a lot of casein protein, slow digesting protein, the body had more time to actually utilize the protein as it was released into the bloodstream, and therefore it was able to sustain higher protein synthesis rates for up to 12 hours after the workout. That's very important to know. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> uh, that's very important to know and very helpful to know. But what's also neat to notice, what, what like kind of one of the things I want to start getting into about in today's podcast is that the rate of protein synthesis was maxed at about 60 minutes post-workout. And then it gradually kept decreasing up to the 12-hour mark, which was the last mark that they actually like measured it. So they were measuring it like per minute, per hour, per two hours, like all the way up to 12 hours after. And what that means is that if you ate at the zero hour, meaning immediately post-workout, what happens if you then ingested more protein at the two-hour mark, four-hour mark, six, eight, ten, then 12 again? What that means is you'd likely be able to keep a higher rate of protein synthesis over the full span of 12 hours, rather than it being lumped at the beginning and then slowly fading off to 12 hours. What's interesting to know then is that, okay, if I have a lot of protein right away, it's also helpful if I have a, a lot of protein along the way. <laughs> so if you eat post-workout, but then you don't eat again for 12 hours, and this would be the example of people who train in the evenings. So they, they work out, they go home, they eat, then they go to bed. 
by the time they get up, by the time they get breakfast in, it might be 12 hours. You're missing out on a lot of possible growth. There still is protein synthesis happening if you consume enough protein uh, before bed. There's still protein synthesis happening, but it's significantly lower than where it was immediately after the meal. And it would be significantly lower than if somebody were to eat two to four to six to eight to ten hours after the workout rather than having to wait all the way to like 10 or 12 hours. And it reminded me of an experiment I did when I was in grad school. I really wanted to grow and was just like fired up hungry, uh, not literally because I'm never hungry, uh, but I was literally uh, like figuratively hungry <laughs> uh, to really want to grow. So I did an experiment where I would get up in the middle of the night, drink orange juice, and eat a steak. I know, this stuff probably going to make some people throw up. But <laughs> I wanted to grow so bad that I remember I would eat before I went to bed. And I was like, well, I'm going to be sleeping, you know, seven or eight hours. I would never go during the day. I would never go eight hours without eating, ever. So why am I going eight hours without eating just because I'm asleep? My body's still building stuff. It's still doing things while I'm sleeping. What the hell am I doing? I'm wasting time. So I experimented and I got up in the middle of the night. I would have steak and drink orange juice. Uh, the orange juice, I argued with myself that it would help, um, you know, kind of spike blood glucose and maybe it would make my body absorb the steak faster. I just wanted it because I was thirsty and it tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was training like a maniac, so I knew that I had the um, like glycogen space for it, so it was very unlikely to be stored as body fat. Uh, so that was what I would have, and uh, I remember that summer I gained 20 pounds, and it was an enormous difference. There were people, when I went back to campus, they were like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell are you doing all summer? Uh, and it was awesome. I went from like 225 to 245, somewhere in there. Uh, it was two and, a half out, two and a half months, so about 10 weeks, and I gained around 20 to 25 pounds. So it might not seem that extreme, but gaining two pounds per week for 10 weeks in a row is a pretty pretty nuts. So you think about over the next two and a half months that you gained 25 pounds and it looked damn near all muscle. I, I didn't look much fatter. I wasn't fluffy or anything. I looked pretty good. So it was a pretty effective method of gaining a, a significant amount of weight and in a, in a high quality way. Now, if we look back at kind of what what that applies to in today's podcast, the timing concept, is that if you eat protein post-workout, damn sure is a good idea. <laughs> Definitely do that. That's what my thesis was for uh, grad school was is how important that was, the anabolic window. It's definitely important. you got to eat after the workout. It's very helpful. doesn't mean you're not going to grow at all. It just means if you want to maximize the, the potential growth that the workout would have created, you want to eat as quick as you can. So if you're going to put in 100% of the workout, you want to try to get 100% of the growth impact of that. You don't want you know to train 100% intensity and effort, but then miss a meal or not eat until later, and then you only now have 70% of what that workout could have produced. That's not fun. <laughs> so we want to eat as quick as we can after the workout, have sufficient amount of protein, and then it tells us that the sooner we eat again, the better. Now, there are studies that say the opposite. There are always studies that say the opposite. In grad school, in one of my classes, uh, we had an assignment every week to find an opposing study 
from something in class or something that we would consider to be kind of commonplace or, oh, yeah, of course that's true. And the professor would be like, well, go find me a study that says it's not true. There was always a study. That was, was, was crazy. There was always a study, no matter what the topic was, no matter what it was, uh, there was always a study that, that aimed to disprove it. Now, what's interesting is you can find studies that that kind of argue against a good point. What I would suggest then is to look at studies and find like as many as you can and then say, okay, if I find 10 studies and seven of them say this thing, then that's probably the thing that's more so true, right? Now, I've seen the impact of protein timing not only for myself but also for clients. Um, when clients eat within a controlled calorie amount, they eat a specific amount of protein, and they eat more often, they tend to look bigger, look leaner, and they tend to actually have uh, better energy as well. The less frequent somebody eats, the more flat they look between meals, uh, the softer they kind of have in their appearance, and they have larger energy swings. And this is just like most people on average. And that can lead to discouragement, and it can lead to poor choices, food choices when their energy is low. We don't make our great decisions when we're tired. <laughs> so in general, I recommend that people consume food four to five times a day. And this tends to be a frequency of every three to four-ish hours. And for most people, that's that's pretty, it's possible. Let's say that. It's possible given almost any profession. I have worked with over 3,000 people. I have like any professional schedule, you name it, I've worked with somebody who did it. And we were able to find a way. People have had protein shakes in their company bathroom. Uh, I've had guys that would load trucks and they had protein bars shoved in every pocket they had. Uh, we found freaking ways to do it if they were like hungry enough to do it. So almost any profession, almost any lifestyle can allow for it. There's definitely some prioritization you got to do. You got to make some choices and you got to prepare. But it can be done. So I would recommend that people eat four to five times a day and kind of divide their protein up somewhat throughout those those meals. It doesn't have to be perfect, but there's no point in eating a meal if it doesn't have enough, like a lot of protein in it. Otherwise, you're just eating it for energy. But if we're looking at frequency of meals for muscle growth capacity, you want to have protein in each of the meals. So that's why I would typically recommend eating four to five times a day and make sure that there's protein in each meal. Now again, there are studies that disprove that. There are people that will claim that they try something different and it works best for them. So there's always counters. What I would say is when you run into that is to look at as many studies as you can, find the commonalities, see which, you know, in the mass population of studies, which side is favored more. And then also look at the bro science. Don't forget bro science. Meaning, don't forget what people experience who actually live it out day by day by day by day. So if you look at bodybuilders, the most muscular people on the planet, they most commonly eat multiple meals a day, four or five or even more, and they have really high-protein diets. So they eat at least a gram per pound of body weight or more in protein, and they're massive. And they eat very frequently throughout the day, and they're massive. So... If the bro science is saying do it, and at least half of the like the you know 
four-eyed glasses, white coat doctor science <laughs> says it. So if you got 50% of the doctor science, you got 100% of the bro science, I mean, there's there's your proof, you know, got 150%. <laughs> so, uh, but that is one of the ways I would look at it is don't forget that real world experience matters as well. You don't only want real world experience without any science backing up, but also vice versa. You don't want to just believe in the science blindly whenever there's, you know, real world experience and thousands and tens of thousands of people who would say otherwise. So if you want to maximize muscle growth, you want to eat at least one gram per pound of lean body weight per day. Eat more if you can. Have your calories above maintenance level enough to kind of push your body weight. And now this is if you don't, like if you already had a body fat percentage that you like. You would want to push your body weight on average about 1 to 1.5 pounds per week per four weeks. So per four week window, you should be averaging around one pound of weight gained per week. Now, if you want to, if you want to lose body fat while building muscle, then you have to do, protein timing is incredibly important because you have to have it all the time, but then carb and fat timing becomes extremely important because you have to have moments of caloric surplus to fuel the growth, but then moments of caloric deficit to fuel fat loss. Uh, so that's very that's more detailed, and that's what I do with clients all the time. Uh, it's 100% possible. I do it like uh, I have dozens and dozens and dozens of people who are doing that literally right now every day. <laughs> so while you're listening to this podcast, I have dozens and dozens and dozens of clients who are doing that. Uh, it's absolutely possible. Now, it's a little more tricky because you can't track everything by your body weight. You have to track it through other methods. And that's where people can sometimes get discouraged because they don't see a scale moving. But if they see clothes fit changing, their performance in the gym is changing, we know we're kind of in the right direction. But... You can look at DEXA scans, body composition. You can look at before and after photos. There's a lot of ways to do it that don't involve a scale. But you wouldn't see a scale change if you're always also trying to bring down body fat percentage. The idea is that, like, does protein timing matter in the sense that can you just eat all of your daily protein in one meal? That's not ideal. Could it work? Yes. Is it going to be the is going to lead you to the best possible results? No. Uh, so eat as often as your schedule can. If your schedule only allows one or two meals a day, I would I would push on the schedule and say there's probably actually some room there. <laughs> um, but try to eat three at minimum, up to four to five times a day, and try to have protein per meal. You're going to look better, feel better. Everything's just going to perform better in the workouts. You're just going to be happier overall if you do that. So you got to make some life choices, and you know it might be challenging to make that fit and work. But it's absolutely worth it if you're going to put in any effort. You might as well put in the effort that gets you the best results. So uh, protein timing absolutely does help because it helps peak protein synthesis as consistently as possible throughout the day to maximize the potential of muscle being built each day okay so a lot of details in there a lot of uh, stuff but i thought it'd be fun to share if you have any follow-up questions just let me know my email is brutalironjim at gmail.com i appreciate you listening to the podcast and i hope this is always helpful and it will help me to know what you want to know to make it the most helpful so please don't hesitate to reach out if you like the podcast please share the podcast if you like the podcast please consider donating to support the podcast 
which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Gym. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.